You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, and today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another fun Flip My Funnel podcast takeover series. So I'm always excited when we can have somebody run a full series. And this time it's Epic Takes, Mixtapes from the Customer Experience Podcast run by Ethan. Uh, Ethan is, uh, is the chief evangelist at BombBomb and he's been doing some ridiculously amazing conversations on the idea of customer experience. And he's, he's introducing this series around uh, mixtapes. So Ethan, welcome and thank you for doing this, man. Sure. Thank you so much. I think it's so cool that you open this up. It's a true community spirit and mindset that you open the show up to, uh, to guest takes like this. And I, it's a privilege to be here. All right, so introduce what this series really is all about as people will jump into this every other Tuesday or Thursday as the series unfolds. Awesome, yeah. So I was coming up on episode 100 of the Customer Experience Podcast. I'm bringing together typically sales, marketing, and customer success to talk about how we can be more intentional and aligned in creating and delivering better experiences for customers. But I wanted to do something special because, you know, it's episode 100. So I went back and found some of the best passages that were transcendent of day-to-day operations, that were transcendent of marketing, of sales, of CS. You know, the, these conversations are packed with useful insights, but these individual takes that I chose came from moments where they just transcended it and they're very uh, human-centered, human-focused. I think that's been a consistent theme on the show. So I really devoted that episode and now this series to sharing that. So we're going to hear from some really great guests like, and I think most people listening to the show know David Cancel from Drift, Joey Coleman, author of Never Lose a Customer Again, the director of Runner Experience at Brooks Running, Rachel Ostrander. You are in this series, by the way. You've been on the show twice. One of my friends and co-founders at BombBomb, Darren Dawson, Matt Sweezy from Salesforce, who I know you know and wrote an amazing book called The Context Marketing Revolution. So that's the series. I'm really excited about it. And it's just a privilege to learn and share so many good insights from so many smart and kind people such as yourself. When I'm lucky to be in this. So Ethan, without further ado, let's jump into it as you introduce each and every guest for this entire series. And again, thank you so much for doing this. Welcome back to the Customer Experience Podcast. I'm really excited to have a longtime friend, the person I've worked with professionally longer than anyone else in my already longish career, <laughs> the co-founder of BombBomb, the president of BombBomb. Not this, is that the title these days? Yes. Okay. The president and co-founder. I like to swap them out yeah. as, as needed. Yeah. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Darren Dawson. Thank you. For, thanks for having me. It's fun. Yeah. People wanted to do this for a long time. Right. And we have in a way, I mean, our, our careers started together. We've wanted to have a show together for a long time, let's be honest. Right. And we met at uh, the local NBC station here in Colorado Springs. Yes. So it was always kind of a running thing. And here we are, you and Connor built this business and uh, successfully pulled me out of uh, my prior career into this. It's been awesome. That's, that was always the idea. I was leaving and was like, you know, you're coming with me. Right. It wasn't quite Johnny McGuire. Is that right? But, you know, it was close. Yeah. 
like there was a plan in place. Like, come on, we're going to do this right. And you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, totally. I needed it. So um, uh, we're going to start where we always start. Uh, define customer experience. I'm glad I have been listening to the podcast. Very, uh, very much. Have you left it. a review for it? I think I, I don't you know. Double check that. You should double check. Cause that. I feel like it's disingenuous. Cause it's like mine, but it's you. Yeah. But you want to, anyway, yeah, I'll do that. Okay. You've heard it. Of course. You know I've heard about? every podcast. So yeah, I thought a lot about this question, figuring that I would eventually have to answer it. And, um, I'm usually running on the treadmill listening to this. So, so it's kind of hard to piece all together. Anyway, to me, it's everywhere that a person experiences a, a business, right? So I really feel this in terms of the people of the business and how they experience them. And I think about things like trade shows or phone calls or emails. And, and then, of course, the product, yes. But I guess this really lives itself out for me. Anywhere you can experience our people, I feel that that is the lead foot because I believe in human beings and that I believe that we're better in person. I believe we have intrinsic value. So I therefore apply the experience more to a human experience than anything. And I really love trying to help people live that out in our teams here. And um, it's important to us. So I don't know. That's how I think about it. That's awesome. So, so, I mean, just to capture that, something that you've offered that I don't know that I've heard before as an answer to this question is, is the people component. How do, how do customers experience yeah. the people on our side of the business. And it reminds me of an exchange I was in on LinkedIn the other day where uh, we were talking about how people talk about other businesses. And it's very, very infrequently product feature benefit. It's a moment that they had. Often it involves something that a person did or whatever. I, I love that, that the person is at the core of it. I agree. I, for me, when I think about really companies that I love, it's often the person I love at that company. You can't always do that with products like your phone or whatever, maybe. But I really like my landscaper. Yeah. Who I picked there, I like that person. Some there was a bond there, and I felt like they were the one I could trust with my home. Yeah, and so I I, I do think it comes back to people. And I I come from a small town, as you know, and so I grew up in a way that was more like our neighbors just dropped by, and you had these these quick convers like or long conversations, but that was the how I grew up. And so where, you know, the handshake was all you needed and uh, you did what you said you would do. And so that really has lived on with me. And um, that's why I think I, that, that's what probably puts me into that trajectory when I think about experience. Yeah, it's great. So you obviously have purview over the entire organization. You're really a sales and marketing guy at your core. I and am. that's what you've taken, taken on a lot here. But talk about the challenges of, you know, as someone who is attuned to experience and someone with, you know, responsible responsibility, oversight and opportunity to roll into any situation, any team in the house and have some influence there. What are the what are the main challenges for creating a great experience for our customers here at BombBomb? And that's a great question. I, it's the people. <laughs> it's it's giving, getting everyone the same page and aligned towards the same goal that we're all trying to tackle, right? Because you come with opinions and, and I'm a big fan of, we, we can have opinions, we can disagree vehemently, but at the end of the day, we all need to agree and move forward. And I think you know this about me that 
I really try not to be an overlord about the way I think, although I'm opinionated and I'm a salesperson and a marketing guy. So I'm persuasive. Yeah. But at the same time, I truly want to know everyone's like, I want to come to consensus. At the same time, sometimes you have to make the call as the owner or the leader. But for the most part, if you have the right team, you can come to consensus and you know that that is the right direction to go. But to create that experience for everybody, you kind of have to have that common goal and vision and get with it together. And um, I think so often, you know, a lot of times you get consensus, you think you do, but there's somebody, maybe it's you and you're, you're holding out and you're not, you just don't want to say it. And um, I think that affects, you know, if you're not, if we're not all bought in and we're holding out, we're not being truthful about our concerns or not being okay with actually saying, once we come to this conclusion, we're all going to move in the same direction together. I think that causes issues. And I've seen that in teams and, you know, and talk to a lot of CEOs and friends of mine. And we talk, I talk about this a lot. And, and I, in a lot of times that drips out into how your brand is felt, how it's built, how all, all things relative to the customer experience, I think can be hurt if we're not aligned, moving in the same motion, trying to get to the same goal. Does that answer your question? A hundred percent. It does. It's, that is a, a the big challenge is alignment right and, and coming out especially as you scale especially as you're adding people all the time as we are like so you have new people they have ideas and you want to hear them you want a diverse culture that's bringing these new concepts to the floor and how do you align those and how do you get right on board and, and sell the vision and, and keep the culture intact and you know um, everybody is if you're running a business you've probably heard this that Everyone's concerned. Well, as we grow, how will we maintain the culture? Mm-hmm. And you know, I think you you know you were there when I said this. It's like it's I, I can't any longer be the sole or Connor and I be the sole purveyors of culture. It is up to you if you want to maintain this culture. You you need to take these on as your own core values and kind of push forward on your own. So I think, and that's a big again it plays hugely into how I believe people experience our brand and through its people. Because they should be able to tell you what the core values are and why we care about them and what they mean to them personally, as well as what they mean to this business. Yep. And they should have been recruited and hired and onboarded to those things. And that's ideally that is exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's good. I, I wanted to ask you a follow up but for the sake of time. I won't about like, you know, uh, the voting process on how we do things. And does everyone get to raise their hand and do we go with the popular vote and that thing? But I already know the answer there. You know, you have to you have to listen to all the voices, take them all into account have some proper counsel that decides this is the direction we're going and, and, and really work to build that buy-in. Obviously we worked together for a very long time because it's exactly how I would have answered that. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. Um, I, sometimes so, I don't have to say like, have you talked to Ethan about this? Then you know exactly what I would, would say about it. That's good. That's I, I'm happy to play that role. Yes. I'm glad that that's there. So for people that don't know bomb bomb, Talk, just share a little bit from your perspective. How do we help people improve their customer experience? Like what, you know, I I think that's fundamental what we do. It's one of the reasons, there are two reasons I took the podcast in this direction. One, I think what we do dramatically affects our customers, customers Mm -hmm. in a really positive way. And then the other one is that I just think that, you know, to your, to your reaction to the idea of what's the biggest challenge, like it's a complicated thing and involves everybody and, and whatever. So Anyway, speak to that first part of it. The um, how do we help people connect and communicate with their customers more effectively? I just believe that human beings 
communicate to each other in a way that is unique in that we are currently stripping all of that uniqueness out in our in our business communication and a lot of our communication relative to email or texting, social media, and even you know as we came from the news business where it's this polished like inauthentic presentation of who we should be when we're on video right and, um to me, that's what I want to change, and that you know we started this business with the idea that man. If I get in front of someone, chances are they're going to buy from me. But I wanted to raise the amount of at bats I had to be in front of people. So we, you know, we knew if we could be in front of more people more often, we'd have more opportunities. And so that was the idea because we knew we were better in person. And I believe that everyone is better in person. And the whole point of sales calls and marketing typically is to get in person. A lot of times, or you know, to get the, the sign the contract, but arguably, if we were in their conference room or we we're sitting down across from them, the chance of that happening would be higher. So I want to make that a transformative experience for the recipient. Their customers say, "Wow, I like that person, just like I liked my landscaper, and that's why I chose them." Right? Even though they were frankly the only one that called me back as well, but I really did like him. <laughs> uh, the three people I called, whole another problem, whole another podcast. Right. But I mean, again, our core values are about number one is relationships. And, and it's, it's about building relationships with other human beings. And the fact that I can't not wave my hands around when I talk, that says something about me and your brain picks up on that. And we communicate more non-verbally than we do verbally in the way our tone and inflection, these things matter. It's so interesting to me, man. I, we've talked about this a lot. You know, I talk about this all the time, but we spend all this time trying to hire the right people. And often we'll interview them and we judge them based on their ability to present or how they talk, how they carry themselves, how they connect, how they connect with people, especially salespeople. That's a big deal, right? Can we trust them with a brand? And then we just give them like Gmail and our Salesforce and say, get after it. And we strip away all of that. And it, it's crazy. And um, we believed in 2006. When we first started this, and we believe it now, I think more than ever, that we want to rehumanize the way people think about their communication. It's a big deal to me. And I just think it's better. I just think people are better face to face and humans are better than text. I just, I bet no one disagrees. Like we can disagree about scalability and talk about how to get at that, stuff like that. I get when it. You, and, and to when be, is it applicable? Yep. And to be clear, we're talking about simple personal videos, typically webcam smartphone videos right. uh, recorded in place of some of the plain typed out text you might have sent. And, and so people might disagree about when you sure. use a canned evergreen video, when do you get truly personal and say the person's name and speak. And I like all those things, yep. but I don't think anybody disagrees that hanging out with people is where it's at. And that's what this life is about. And that's what we most look forward to in the weekend ultimately is being with the people we care about. And I just think that we can create more relationships like that in our business life and make it a more rich experience um, by using more authentic, personal type communication through video. It's great. I love it. And then for the aha moment for a lot of the customers. So my role here has been really collecting and telling customer Uh stories for years. Yeah. The aha moment is typically in that reply that someone gets back from, from a customer that says, you know, oh my gosh, thank you so much for this. And they realize that it is different than, than what they had been doing before. But, you know, one of the more, 
I'm thinking of Michael Thorne here, someone who just got it instantly or Andy yeah. Alger in that sure. case, early longtime customers. They got it the second they received a video from me where I greeted them by name. Yeah. There's that instant connection of I want to make my customers feel this way, as opposed to some other people get that aha moment with they get the reply and they're like, oh, aha. I made my customer feel a different way than if I had done it another way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, uh, at, at the risk of um, violating some constructive criticism I've received about asking more than one question at a time. <laughs> I, I, that didn't come from me. Okay, no, it didn't. That's why I still feel safe doing it uh, with you here. <laughs> I'm going to just fold, fold a couple ideas together. You know, again, we've already established you're kind of a natural sales and marketing guy. It's just in your blood. It's who you are. It's how you've looked at the world and looked at business in general. So talk about like, what is that proper relationship between the sales team and the marketing team? What do you wish more salespeople understood about marketing or marketing people? Mm. And what do you wish more marketers understood about salespeople? Like talk about that relationship between those teams. It's obviously super important. It's important to the experience and it's important to the business. Yeah. I think it's changed a lot in my career. I, I really think I don't know. Sometimes I think like in this insiders look at this, but anyway, I think it used to be very much siloed. And I think they are, I believe they're very inter intertwined that they they're integral to each other's success, especially in our business. And honestly, I can't think of a business where it's not, but oftentimes we see these things as siloed or I see them siloed in businesses and frankly, competitive in nature. Where, where I believe they need to be in unison, working alongside each other to a common goal. And, and I don't, I see that happening more than I have in the past, but I used to see it very siloed and very um, combative against each other, almost competitive. I think they're both like competitive people that choose those paths. Like we are like, you know, I think I'm more salesy. <laughs> and you're more marketing. I mean, we were, I was in sales and you're marketing in our past careers. And so, but yet we've always seen how that coming together is better than uh, trying to do it apart. But I don't know, it's a tougher question and say, do I wish they understood more about each other? Because mm -hmm. I, I, I have an interesting path now where I have both departments reporting to me and we have a nice layer of synergistic thinking going on there now. We haven't always, but we do today. So I, gosh, I guess, okay, I'll, I'll ask that part specific to you personally. You've been a salesperson in, in a variety of roles. Like, yeah. what, what is it about a sales role that you wish maybe a CS person or a marketer understood or respected? Yeah. And, and, not, and, I, I, and I don't I, mean, I mean in like, that, like I, I, working hard over here, respect well, me. But well, like, each of them has always kind of undervalues the other one's ability. It's like they, you know, sales people think it's super easy to create these inbound leads or, or the pipeline for them. And the, and the marketer thinks that the salesperson disrespects the lead and it's an easy gig. And I think everyone, frankly, thinks the sales job is the easy job. Right. But it's, it's not <laughs> like they just pay, get paid all this money or something and it's just a walk in the park, but it's not. I mean, it's, it's a different type of hard. Okay. Like, and likewise in the marketing world, it is hard to think about strategically how to get this person to fill this form out. That's not easy to, <laughs> to capture that opportunity to give it to a salesperson. So, you know, uh, it's this tragic mix where the marketer thinks the salesperson squanders the leads I've worked yeah. so hard for. And, and the, the salespeople think that the marketers are just playing ping pong and in the, in the quiet 
like when John Day is yeah. very applicable for us. And yeah. so I, that's what I think. I think they neither one, and this happens in every job, fully understands one what it takes to do the other. And um, they, you know, I try and enlighten both sides of that spectrum. Like what he just did was super hard, and what she just did was super hard, and you guys need to get better aligned. But I don't because you're all going well. in the same direction. You're all trying. To oh, it's the same goal. Yeah. It's um the revenue, right? Yeah. That we're trying to drive there. So. I think we're in a good spot right now. We are. And I, but I've been in spots that are horrible. Yeah. Horribly competitive and you, you're not doing it right. And you should do this differently. I'm, I'm happy not to be in that place right now. Yeah. I, me too. And winning really helps by the way. <laughs> winning ails a lot of things. It also masks That's a lot of things. It does mask a lot of things. Yep. I, we just had, you know, just worked on that yesterday and, you know, you know, we're report, like we're winning here, but w- wait a minute. Is that exactly what we wanted when we said that that was what we were going to achieve and you achieve it? But did we? Like, yeah. What's in that number and how's that make up? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Good. I'm glad you got that's a takeaway here. That's good. Take all right. Away. All right. So we were talking about this a little bit before we hit record. It's, um, you know, customer experiences, I, I think, deeply, deeply based in employee experience that if employees have good experiences, yeah. Uh, that naturally comes out. I'm kind of, I guess I'm tying back a little bit to where you started, but I think I want to like kind of start winding down on this is what kind of team and environment, like kind of, what are you trying to set the tone for here? Like, what do you want, you know, whether they're, you know, it's a customer care associate who's dealing with, I can't get my webcam to work or a salesperson who's trying to, you know, diagnose and discover and, and shine a light on a path forward for a prospect or a, you know, any of these seats mm. that we have in the house, yeah. like what kind of team or environment or experience, like how are you trying to create a sense of purpose and connection here? Yeah, I think there's a lot of jobs like that in the world. And it's a pretty good job, Mark, right now. And you could go do that job somewhere else or a job like it. So when Connor and I started this business, the thing that we wanted to make it about was um, we wanted to really make a den the universe is how we used to talk about it. Well, make a den the universe. We weren't sure about what that was, but we were pretty sure it just wasn't in our path. Not there's anything wrong with it, but that, you know, I said this here day, I'm not gonna have a billion dollar ranch somewhere with ranch hands or something. And I'm not there. Whatever. I'm not going to, I want to make a den the universe. What does that mean? And recently what we've kind of tied that into is how we're going to, we want to, not only rehumanize people's communication, but we want to rehumanize the planet. People are like, oh, that's just some, you know, this is my fear that yeah. someone listening around is going, that's some, you know, crazy BS that you're going to rehumanize the planet. Well, as we unpack that, what does that mean? What that means is to rehumanize the planet, we want to rehumanize the people that are dehumanized. We want to use bomb bomb the thing that's rehumanizing our communication as a way, as a vehicle to do that. And so what we try and do is invest in, in nonprofits or in people that are attempting to rehumanize people that are being dehumanized in, in places like, you know, Africa, where they don't have food and there's places in America, they have food locally. We do it with a couple organizations with homelessness, with um, uh, families that are on the streets that are homeless also with uh, women who can't receive health care, they provide free health care. You know, to me, if you can't get health care, you're, you're de- being dehumanized. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, we should be able to have health care, but we can either complain and try and change it, or we can literally change it in your backyard. And we found a way to do that. 
And so for us, that is how we can help rehumanize people. And we have a problem with slavery in this world right now. I don't think a lot of people honestly know about that, but people are being more enslaved in this world than they ever have been sex trafficked, uh, human trafficking. Uh, let's change that. Or, or we could buy a ranch. Like I would rather choose the, the former and um, try to make a dent in the universe by rehumanizing these people. If you've ever met someone that has been in these paths and then has been rehumanized, that has a job and has a home now and that life is gone, you will want to do that. And so I want, and we try and do this, that's why you're answering the phone of bomb bomb. That's why I want you to be pumped to answer that ticket yeah. <laughs> to make that sales call because we're trying to do something different. Not only does our technology help people be better face to face and build that human relationship, that human connection, but we're going to change the planet one thing at a time. I'm big. My thing is to do the next right thing. And we're just tackling what we can. I'm going to try and humanize the planet and we're going to do our best to do it. And, um, you know, hold me accountable. Yeah. I love it. It's, it, it's what it, it is part of what keeps me excited every day. There are two things that keep me excited every day to come back. Uh, well, I guess three, one would be the team. I think there's just a lot of yeah. joy and fun and challenge and, and all these other things that that are that, that make it enjoyable to be here but then there's also the um when i get a customer story back that's like and i hear this it's going to sound just as dramatic and crazy to someone who hasn't yeah. heard it before <laughs> as, as rehumanize the planet and it's this man this didn't just change my business this changed my life yeah. i've heard that multiple times and that's and super I remember, meaningful i remember me. like a guy this was uh, i can't remember his name you probably will it was a gentleman who used bomb bomb to raise money because his dad cancer. I'm like, I dude, remember the story. Yeah. I can't really, I remember looking at it kind of be like, dude, if, if, if it was all to do that, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Like, yeah. Like I'd rather you be indirectly about these help saved one guy's life. Come on. But you keep like, going. Like, so you see, so you build a business to create a sustainable revenue stream right. to, to, and frankly, the community around this too, internally. And the third piece of course is this, like mm-hmm. this idea that I'm more in touch with a lot of um, ideas and challenges around homelessness, around single motherhood, yeah. around orphans and lack of access to food and education, all these other things. I'm more in touch with it. And it's fun to see when we, when we get together and either physically assemble, get in cars and go help people, yeah. uh, or whether we have Even a presentation. Even if it's trunk or treat, yeah. whatever yeah. it is. Or, or whether it's, or whether it's a presentation at the team lunch where we, yeah. where we get to meet people who are on the front lines of this stuff. And, um, anyway, it's awesome. So we're going to wrap. You already mentioned uh, our number one core value of relationships. It's how I always like to end. I like to give you the chance to thank or mention someone who's had a positive impact on your life or career. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm really excited. I'm excited for that part too, but I'm super excited for the second part, like a company or a brand that you also feel is doing a really great job of, of delivering a, a positive experience for you. Gosh, the second one's harder for me. The first one I've always, so I didn't go to college, as you know, I didn't really, um, so I was raised by men and women who spoke into my life. One of them was a guy named Sam Froggett. Another one was my father. I mean, my father very much for the whole, do what you say you're going to do, hard work's important. Like, these are just values that I I, I believe are very Midwestern, where we're from. <laughs> and so um, I appreciate him for that. And then but Sam Froggett was another gentleman who, 
that's where I get to do the next right thing from just, uh, owns a business, business leader, a uh, good dude, older guy, like that really saw potential in me as a young man and th- invested in hanging out and developing a 20 something person into a, what he saw could be a leader. And I really, his words still speak to me. So it's, He's been super influential. So was that something you saw in yourself at the time or did he help bring that out of you? No, man, like I didn't. And that was the thing. It's a great question. I think that was part of it that I, cause, because I didn't fit the bill. Mm-hmm. Right. So I didn't, I didn't. So you were listening to the culture at large that said, yeah, gave a shot at college. It wasn't really my thing. I don't like, right. Well, do I, I, uh, I barely got out of high school. <laughs> right. And like, but there was never this identification of entrepreneurism or like, any of that. And so he saw that and he made it a point to spend time with me to unpack it mm-hmm. and help expose what it was. So I challenge listeners, if you know people and you see this, please do. And I try to do it myself because that taught me that that some people, we look at them as like, they're crazy. That was kind of me yeah. and Connor, both of us, but people saw something in that and they jumped in and they helped turn the page on that. And I've had a lot of people on that. I could, I could list many people. And you're probably, you may be listening to this that have helped me do that. And I'm so appreciative of that. And I read my butt off and listened my butt off to Brian Tracy and all the classic podcasts before podcasts was called CDs in my car. Right. Totally. So I've been doing that forever and um, still do clean this one. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, you know, customer experience. Gosh, I think about this all the time. Honestly. Well, I'll, I'll tee you up a little bit. Yeah. I think you're an experienced guy anyway. You've been to Hawaii many, many times, and you know exactly where you're going to go. You've taken your family to Disney this. many times. If you want to talk <laughs> super high-end whiskeys, like, you, like you're like you an experienced guy. Oh, that's guy. fun. Yeah. Gosh. Man, now you just made it harder. <laughs> I was on the treadmill listening to your podcast. A very nice resort in Hawaii thinking how they were not winning with this. But I don't want to go negative. But I do think that I travel a ton. So I will say the hotel, you know, I'm I'm a Marriott person and um, they've treated me very well. And I, I love, you know, frankly, being rewarded for the amount of times I travel. And they they figured out how to do that or I think it's spoken about a ton, the Ritz-Carlton or Four Seasons experience, but even just the general Marriott, knowing that I'm a weary traveler and how they take care of me when I check in, either late or whatever, and what they do, the, like bottles of water, cookies, little things like that, mean a lot, mean a lot when you've been traveling too much and um, you're sick of the road. So I'll, I'll use them as a good one. But but whiskey, I, I just admire the craftsmanship yeah. that someone took this much time to put something amazing into this bottle and. The idea they've been doing it for that long blows my mind. Like, you know, hundreds of years in a castle in Ireland and, and, um, yeah, I won't go. So there's a, sto- there's stories behind I love story. Yeah. You're right. Exactly. I, I'm a sucker for a good story. I love it. I love building stories, but I love being a part of them and I love drinking them. Yeah. Cool. I guess we'll end there. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate your time so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast, by the way. Your feedback is always welcome. Also, to the people who are listening now, I welcome your feedback. You can email me directly, Ethan, E-T-H-A-N at bombbomb.com, or better yet, go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and drop a, a rating or a review. I need to do that. That's my takeaway. Cool. Yeah. I And there's another one in there. I'll get that on playback. But uh, anyway, thank you so much for being here. Thank uh, you, Ethan. And, Thank uh, you, everyone else. 
You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.